Are you a developer or conversational designer looking to excel in the latest AI platforms? Or maybe you're in marketing looking for the latest in audio branding and customer engagement. Or maybe you're a startup, a business owner, an investor, or simply want to know about the future of voice technology. Then Voice Summit held in Newark, New Jersey this July is for you. Get your ticket at voicesummit.ai. That's voicesummit.ai. We can't wait to hear your voice and meet you at the conference. Matt Ware is the head of performance and Lachlan Pottinger is the creative director of First Voice, also one of this year's sponsors of Voice. In this episode, you'll hear them talk about how Voice is viewed and used in Australia, why Google Assistant is more dominant than Amazon Alexa in Australia, how their company helped Officeworks increase their retail numbers with Voice, why conversational design is important for retail voice experiences, what to expect from their talk at the summit, and why they think voice is important. Welcome back to Inside Voice. Today, I'm here with Matt Ware, the head of performance at First Voice, and Lachlan Pottinger, the creative director of First Voice, an Australian company that is also one of our sponsors for Voice this year. Welcome, Matt and Lachlan. Thank you for being here. Hello. Hi. So for those that don't know, can you start by telling us a little bit about what First Voice does and what your role is at the company? And Matt, we can start with you. Yeah, look, First Voice is the voice design and development of our wider agency group, um, Beyond Digital, which first is the digital agency side of. So we started out as a, I suppose, SEO, paid search, design and development agency, and we sort of fell into voice through a, a strong partnership with Google. First Voice now specifically focuses upon the development of assistant and voice-enabled technology solutions for our client base, mainly inside of Australia currently, but we're in the process of developing some of our US partners out of an office we've just opened over there. Wonderful. And what's your role there at the company? I tend to talk a lot. My role tends to be around our our partner development, um, working with our strategic partners, so people like Amazon, Google, and others. And also our our sort of higher client side of things, I talk with them about their longer term goals, how voice can fit into that strategy and how we can begin to introduce that to their roadmap for them to align with their overall goals and needs. Perfect. And Lachlan, what about you? As creative director, pretty much as it sounds, I oversee all the creative that comes out of the agency, whether that be the, the actual design that we do or conversation design. I look after the user experience team and content as well. So... I have oversight over all the projects pretty much that we work on, but in particular with the voice stuff, sitting, you know, working with a content team and user experience team to, you know, develop conversations and make sure that that experience matches together with the technical guys and what they can put out. And change developer speak into natural language. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm a, basically, I'm a translator between uh, yeah, the propeller heads in the back engine and uh, real human beings who want to have real conversations with these devices. Which is a very important role. Yes. Well, I think so. So I'm curious, what is the voice landscape like in Australia compared to the rest of the world? Meaning, how many people and businesses are using it? What's the overall feeling on voice? Look, Australia is one of those strange ones. We were probably the second fastest in terms of global adoption. We achieved around about 5% penetration, much faster than the US did, uh, slightly slower than Canada did. However, over the course of the last sort of 12 months, the adoption rate has really kicked off quite heavily. 
we're at the point now where almost 29% of uh, Australian households actually have access to a, a smart speaker. So that's the, the decision they've actually made to consciously buy a device that is voice enabled as opposed to just having a smartphone or something which has the assistant embedded inside of it. So, you know, the adoption curve has been pretty strong from a consumer perspective. From a business perspective, it's been a little bit hit and miss. Some of the bigger brands are now exploring ways to get into it because of the fact that they can see the consumer adoptions. They're lagging consumer. Uh, in other countries, we've seen that businesses have got there before the consumer have. This has been the other way around. Uh, we're also slightly different from most other countries in that we are a heavy Google dominance uh, Google has almost 70% market share in Australia from the smart speaker market, which is very different from other countries. And Amazon is sort of anywhere, depending upon research, between 8 and 15%, which is a, a marked difference uh, from most others. Once again, probably because Google was here before Amazon by a, a fair margin, and also because Australians tend to be big believers in, uh, in duopolies or they tend to find something that works for them and like to stick to it. And Google has about 98% search market share. So people were already accepting of them as being a solution to their needs. So when they introduced a smart speaker, that was the default one that most people sort of went towards. Yeah, I mean, that's very interesting how each country adopts one more than the other. So I know that your team recently built a voice search for a company called Officeworks. Can both of you talk about the journey from design to creation to use and what results Officeworks found? Officeworks was a really interesting one because that one was actually very technically led. They, they're an enormous uh, retailer over here. They're, I, don't know what, I mean, they're a stationary company, essentially. They're, they're like a Staples yep. in the US. They're, they're the biggest here. They, they basically own that market in Australia. And they were very interested in you know, basically building something that that could support their, their search activity. Just to, to touch upon that one there, they were also one of the first resellers in Australia of the smart speakers for Google Home devices. That's right. Um, and in fact, they were a client of ours from an SEO perspective and they turned around to us on the e-commerce team and said, from our store data and our online data, we're seeing a very large uptake of this particular device. How do we get on that platform? Um, so it was actually, once again, consumer driven and the company said, we've seen people buying this. How do we get there? Yeah. And so I mean, we sort of took that lead and, and ensured that basically we made sure that we looked at all of the data that they had and we wanted to explore prototyping up, you know, looking at all of their APIs. So whether that was, um, you know, direct reordering from a business perspective, exposing the entire um, database of all products. And then looking at other really specific use cases as well around um, some of the big sellers like office paper and uh, or printer paper essentially and and also printer ink, which work really nicely in the in sort of the conversation space because they they're the sorts of things that people will be searching for and you know we wanted to make sure that we could you know expose that in a conversational way. In addition to that, from a sort of you know a results perspective, there's some you know, there's some soft results which are you know, more around the, the fact that they were in market, they're now meeting people where they want to be on the devices that they're choosing to use. Um, but then there are some of the more results-driven outcomes, which are they have seen a continued improvement and increase in usage from the base perspective. They've been able to implement reordering for their business-to-business -business environment, utilising voice speakers, which used to have to be done via an account management process. And secondly to that, 
they were able to get the implicit invocation working on Google Assistant, which was, I want printer paper. So in effect, whenever somebody said anything or sort of certain terms around printer paper, the assistant would actually say, for that, you might want to talk to Officeworks, want to give it a go. So they actually also began to own the space in a voice environment around what is one of their largest products, which is printer paper um, for business and for consumers. So, you know, they did see outcomes across all of the main metrics that you'd be looking for that you can now track, obviously, because transactions at a consumer level isn't able to be implemented at the current time. So, you know, those that were there, they're working on, they're working quite well. There was a very strong technical approach to this one. That, that was one of our major goals was to test out whether or not we could be successful in the implicit invocation space. And on top of that, being able to pull, you know, the content straight out of an API for products and being able to wrap that in conversational dialogue so that it was, that it felt less like sucking out an entire product description and and having a, you know, your assistant just read it out for you, which is what we're sort of seeing is a really big challenge for product in particular and retail in, you know, in the voice space. I'm curious, do you guys have any suggestions of how people can use their current content and turn it into conversational voice pieces of content? Or do you need to recreate something completely new? It's sort of 50-50. You don't want to start from zero. Basically, you need to condense it. You need to be much more economical. You don't want to have these enormous verbose statements. And, you know, obviously really good content online that's searchable and crawlable and, and easy to find is a lot more dense, but you don't want really dense content in a, in a conversational space. People want to jump in and out really quickly. I guess the whole platform being called an assistant, you know, it doesn't matter which one it is, whether it's Bixby or Google or Alexa, it's an assistive platform. So I guess the point is to be really economical, to jump in, get what you need and get out. So I guess circling back to your question, taking what you have initially and then looking at how you compare that back. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one because you've got a lot of the larger platforms out there telling organizations that for them to be able to get an entree into this market, all they need to do is implement you know, something like voice schema markup and enable their current website to be able to actually address a lot of the questions that consumers are going to have for them. The challenge with this is that years of telling websites that in order to be indexed, you need to have huge amounts of content and specific content around answering questions such as, what's your returns policy? How do I pick the best printer? You know, these bits of information that people would develop as buyer's guides or FAQs, there was no interaction with them. So you would tend to make them try and answer every single question in the one sort of text block. Whereas the assistant allows you to actually be able to uncover or unwrap more information as the consumer needs it. You might not answer it with the first piece, but you can refine it and give the right answer the second go around. So I believe that there's going to be a, an early stage where people do just try and use their existing content and allow that to be exposed in a voice environment. And that's going to be good because there's going to be content available to consumers and bad because it's going to be a horrible experience. But the advantage of this is it's going to allow companies to see what people want to know through what they're asking for and then refine it to actually give consumers their need in a faster time zone or a faster turnaround, provided they're agile enough to actually update quickly. I guess that, you know, everything Matt's talking about there, that that's all well and good for a first party experience, but 
if you want to have a really good third-party experience like building an action or a skill, you can't just lift your website copy straight off there and build a third-party experience. You have to think about what that third-party experience is going to be. And again, I think that the clue is in the title, in the word there, experience. Mm -hmm. An experience is not reading out the copy from your website. It's being able to take a user through... I hate using the word user. We should say customer. <laughs> a person. <laughs> they're, taking, they're taking a real human being through a nice experience or interaction with your brand or adding some extra value. And that's particularly relevant, I guess, to the retail space because, you know, like there are... Nobody's going to say, I'm looking for a red T-shirt. What they're going to look for is a gift guide or information about a specific product or... Uh, ways to add value to their life. Is red in this season? Yeah. Should I wear red? Absolutely. Is red good for my skin tone? So it's, there's a much stronger story aspect to conversational design to make a better experience, particularly for third party. I think that's great insight. And it's, it's interesting how you're asking questions, how natural those are. But when we start to think about voice, we sometimes get so technical about it but how it's changing to just be more conversational and just easier to understand. I love that you guys are, are really bringing that to the forefront. You're both also speaking at the conference on Tuesday, July 23rd. What can our listeners expect to learn from both of you as you speak that day? Well, I hope they learn something. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm just going to play off the fact that we're Australian and that's a novelty. <laughs> no, look, in all seriousness, what, what we're going to do is we're, we're going to run through the experiences we've found both coming in early to something. I mean, you know, we started working on, on Google Assistant pretty much two days after it was launched in Australia. We're going to go through some case studies and some use cases that we have developed in association with retail partners. We're going to show how we've got there, how we've developed them, what data we've used, how we've adapted it for the voice environment, what's gone badly, what's gone well, some of the vision of where we see things going in the next couple of years. We say years. I remember when we spoke hmm. at a conference earlier this year, we said we expect to see something in two years' time and Amazon announced it literally two or three weeks ago. Uh, so, you know, we're seeing, it, we're seeing these times up lines really you know, shorten um, in terms of the adoption and change here. So hmm. really what we're going to be going through is what we've experienced in the retail side, how we've developed them, some good use cases that have been launched inside of Australia and how we're then developing upon them using data to be able to find what's working and what's not to make them better. And I know you're both also a sponsor of Voice this year. What made you want to sponsor the summit? Well, at the end of the day, we, we went out and we looked at which conference was going to align best with what it is that we do, who was going to have sort of, you know, the, the most available both lineup for us to be able to learn from, because this is actually a learning experience for us as much as a, an education experience for people who listen to us. And also where we could manage to go to that would have the, the best pool of people that we could actually meet with whilst we're there. And after doing some fairly broad research and attending some other conferences in other parts of the world, we saw this one here as being the best opportunity for us to be able to meet both of those goals, which is to learn from people who are going to assist us in, in moving forward in this journey and learning in this ecosystem, and also allowing us to be able to talk with and meet other people who are both trying to learn and are pushing this particular channel forwards. Great. I mean, that's definitely going to be there and we appreciate you guys being a part of this. Where can people learn more or connect with each of you and your company on social media or a website? Uh, well, the website is firstvoice.com.au and it might be a .com as well. I'm not sure. Just go with the .com.au. We're, we're sure. still in negotiations on the .com one. Yeah. And we do have an agency site, just the first .com.au site. So. There's case studies about 
the work that we do. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot more about those case studies when we present. And if they want to get in touch with anyone, they can either email, we'll go with the easier spelling version. Uh, so we can either go with info at first.com.au or if they want to go direct, they can go with mattware, M-A-T-T dot W-A-R-E at first.com.au as well. Perfect. And the last question I want to ask is, what is your number one reason for why voice matters to you? Ooh, this is a tough one. I think for mine, it's the fact that it's natural. Um, you know, for, for generations, and I, I remember seeing a, a presentation, and look, I'm sure this wasn't a, uh, a unique perspective, but I remember seeing Brett Kinsella present on the concept that from the very start, we have forced machines and technology to teach us how to talk to them. You know, the, the concept is that we had to learn to use a steering wheel to drive a car or a keyboard to be able to type or to pinch to be able to interact with a smartphone. All of this was us having to adapt the way that we did things to the machine's limitations. Whereas this is a, the transformational aspect where they are actually now having to conform to our most natural form of interaction, which is talking which is why I see this as being probably the, the next wave of how uh, the internet or how information and data is going to be accessed, used and, um, and progressed and why it is that I think voice is potentially the most transformational way that we can begin to actually make those changes. I can probably add one small thing to that and, that, and it's probably it's something that, that represents the ethos of our business, which is that we basically trying to create really elegant and simple solutions for really complicated customer problems and business problems as well. So coming from a really strong data background and really sort of heavy duty tech background, we can build really sophisticated systems. But for me personally, writing that experience or turning that into a conversational experience that's really useful for customers and really quick and simple, even though it does something really complicated, is a wonderful challenge, but it's also a lot of fun. Great creative challenge. Well, thank you both, Matt and Lachlan. We are so appreciative of you being a part of the Voice Summit and we're excited to hear your talk on July 23rd. We're looking forward to getting over there. Yep. Love a visit to the States. (laughs) 